Yes, and we are back, finally. I got that stupid COVID behind me, kicked my ass for three weeks. Frank's but... using that for bullshit to get out of work. I think he was having the party at his house and didn't, well, he didn't invite us, but we didn't come, I didn't come. That's so, right, hey. you chicken shits. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you chicken shits, and you're all vaccinated too. I know. <laughs> but anyway, so today we have a great episode, very, very informative episode about a very, very serious topic. Um, I have my lovely friend with us, uh, Tina, and we are going to be discussing type 1 diabetes. So if you don't have no idea what type 1 diabetes, I'm sure everybody's heard of diabetes, but I don't think a lot of people know that there's more than one type and how significant type 1 is to a lot of people. So Hi, Tina. Hi, Frank. How you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Hi, Paul. How are you? Hi. Good to meet you, Tina. Same. Awesome. So, Tina, you have type 1 diabetes, correct? Yes, I do. You yes, were, I do. You were born with it? Well, I was diagnosed with it when I was in my teens. Ah. Um, you could say I was born with it because it's actually an autoimmune disease okay. um, that manifests when it chooses to manifest, be it mm. uh, natural occurrence or a traumatic event to the body. In my case, I think it was a traumatic event to the body. I had been in a car accident. Ah. Um, and within that, the several months to follow, I started having these strange symptoms and something eventually like, I was diagnosed. That something yeah. like that would cause it. Uh, yeah, yeah I didn't, I didn't it's, it's, it's actually an, uh, an autoimmune response to the production of the cells that the pancreas creates. Okay. The pancreas actually produces insulin for us all. A natural healthy body has naturally producing insulin. When you eat carbohydrates, as they break down, your pancreas will produce your own natural hormone insulin to help your body utilize it. Um, what happens to a type 1 diabetic is the body, like any other autoimmune disease, the body senses those cells coming from the pancreas as like foreign or poisonous, and the antibodies attack the pancreas, the pancreas eventually is damaged and shuts down, and we have none of our own insulin. So we have to give it to ourselves. So your externally. pancreas is totally <clears throat> shut down. Yes, it's a dead organ floating in my body. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a lot different than type 2 diabetes, where which I have type 2 di diabetes. So yeah. type 2 is my pancreas still produces, yep. but my body rejects. The insulin. In a sense. In a sense. In yeah. a sense, yeah. It's a little bit more complex than that. Right. Um, In and simple terms, we're talking. Yeah, 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 yeah. But how do they get past something like that? If, if, if you give regular insulin, it shouldn't accept that either, unless it's some type of different insulin. Well, um, actually, the, in Frank's case, in people with type 2 diabetes in general, yeah. like I said, we're keeping it simple, um, they make their own natural insulin. Yeah. I mean, I was born making my own natural yeah, insulin yeah, yeah. too, but you know, um, people make their own natural insulin, but environmental factors, genetic factors, there are all kinds of factors that lead to type two diabetes. Some of which are not in any manner, the fault of the person, which I like to address that as well. Type two diabetes gets Don't really feel guilty. If you got it. Yeah. Really bad rap party and smoking weed. Yeah, probably right. didn't, uh, didn't do other thing. <laughs> Right, Frank? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so the pancreas um, usually is working a little harder than it should because okay. the body isn't utilizing the insulin properly. Mm. So it tends to make you produce a little too much insulin, and then you might get a little low, and then you might overeat. Uh, then you might have highs, and your body has difficulty Adjust, adjusting yeah. properly. Yeah, that's more of what mm. type 2 is. But generally, you're still making your own insulin with type 2. Unless it gets to the point where it, I don't, I hate to use the word so bad, but if it gets so bad that your pancreas is kind of beat up, you, many type 2s will someday wind up having to inject insulin as okay. well. That's you, Frank? I'm getting close. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It happens. It, it happens, happens. Yep. yeah. Yep. But actually, I think I'm actually more... Uh, I'm actually happier, I think, going the route of insulin than farting around with all these medicines. Yeah, and also um, I find with type 1, I have the opportunity to not eat whatever I want, but basically if I choose to eat something that's high in sugar or high in carbohydrates, I kind of have a formula as to how to get my sugar 
to keep my sugar under control. And yeah, sometimes I'll have spikes and I'll have lows and things like that because we're fallible human beings. But with type two, if you go off your diet or if you don't take the proper medications perfectly, it's like a wild, vicious cycle. It it's really difficult, yeah. And, and you don't get all of the scientific knowledge and mathematical stuff that we get as type ones or it's more cut and dry once you kind of learn, you know, the depths of it. Now with the type one, you actually have... Uh a device, right? You have to wear a device? I have a couple of devices, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Why don't you tell us about that? Um, well, for starters, I have an insulin pump, um, which mine is a tubeless pump. Many pumps have tubes. But basically, um, it's a little cannula, a little tube that inserts under the skin, gets changed every few days. Um, the tube leads to the pump, which generally carries you know, um, a reservoir of insulin and is programmed by your doctor to give you what they call a basal rate of insulin, which is kind of what a healthy pancreas would normally do. Throughout the day, if you get stressed, your hormone levels are imbalanced, your temperature is imbalanced, all kinds of different reasons your body might, your pancreas might produce a little bit of insulin. With the pump, it's called a micro drip. And through much trial and error, you know, each patient kind of gets their basal rates figured out and they change, you know, from every few months to every few months when you see the doctor, they do change subtly. But um, then what I do is if I eat something or if I have stress or for whatever reason I might need insulin, I will um, tell the pump what's going on. For example, I'm eating 45 grams of carbohydrates. The pump's computer will say, okay, you need three grams of insulin. And it'll give me, or three units, I should say, of and, insulin. And it automatically... Uh, it automatically will give it to me. So I don't have to give myself that needle. Gotcha. Um, before the pump, it was it was what we called um, MDI, multiple daily injections. Some people still choose to do that. And I took a break not too long ago from my pump after many, many years and went back on injections. And it was kind of a nice little vacation. Mm -hmm. But... Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, generally I am on the pump 24-7, um, and that's one of my devices. The other device is called a sensor. The brand that I use is Dexcom, which is the most common um, company to provide the sensor. And it's also known as a CGM, which is Continuous Glucose Monitoring System. Um, what happens is you put a little sensor, a little needle wire goes under your skin. You feel a pinch when you first inject it. Um, and then you attach a transmitter to it, and that transmitter will read from the fluids under your skin. It'll read your levels every, like, five minutes. Mm. And it'll tell you as you're going up, if you're going up fast, if you're going up slow. It'll tell you on your phone or on a little receiver, whatever device you have to use for that. In my case, I use my phone. And what I can do ultimately at the end of the day is look at a graph of what I was doing at lunchtime. And if I think about, okay, well, I ate a lot of rice at lunchtime, so that makes sense. So maybe next time, mm. you know, I can give myself a little more insulin or a little less and keep an eye. And it really gives you a lot of freedom to understand more what's happening in real time. So I use that's, both. That's pretty neat. So it's kind of, so you have an app, basically. Yeah, the Dexcom app. Yeah. yeah. So, so you yeah. have a mechanical. I have a mechanical pancreas. A mechanical pancreas. Pretty much, yep. Wow. Yeah. When you actually do the injection, it's just a under the skin injection or is it a muscular injection? It's actually what they call subcutaneous. Okay. And it's a tiny needle and generally they're painless. Okay. Once in a okay. while you get a spot that stings. Yeah. But mm. um, And that's the case as well as when you reset your pump yep. site or your Dexcom site. You, you know, usually it's just a little pinch. Once in a while it's like, oh, once in a while you get what they call. Mm. Oh, I forget what they called it. But basically it'll bleed and bleed okay. and bleed. Okay. You know, it's just you happen to hit a weird spot, but um, generally right. it's it's very painless and simple. I'm a wuss. I'm a wuss when it comes to needles. Yeah. Well, I never thought I could do it. I mean, like I said, I was diagnosed in my teens, so I had to like practice on an orange, you know, and uh, okay. yeah, I don't remember the first time I actually injected myself. I've never thought about that. But really? Yeah. I do remember my first low blood sugar when I had taken a little too much Ooh. and it was it was scary. I was by myself. I had mm. my little guy with me. At the, now he's 31 years old. But at the uh. time, he was a baby. And um, I remember um, feeling really hot and confused and shaky. And something urged me to get up and eat. And I, I'll never forget it. I made a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and I started to feel better. So later, I reported it to my doctor, and I learned that was a hypoglycemic mm. episode in which I had taken a little more than I needed. Isn't that weird how you get hot? Yeah, it affects, well, because insulin's a hormone. Yeah. So it affects your body temperature. It affects your nervous system. You start getting shaky. Your knees yeah. get weak. All kinds of weird stuff. I've even noticed sometimes when I have a really bad low and I'm coming back up quickly, I'll notice my face tingles. Really? My lips tingle. Yeah, there's wow. a lot of weird, weird things. And in, in on Facebook, 
there's a, a, a community of type one diabetics and we share a lot of this stuff. And it's interesting. Not everybody experiences the same thing, but you can always find some people. Right. That who, had the same. Yeah. Kind of who reaction. have the same type of stuff that you have. Wow. It's pretty fascinating. Yeah. Wow. I never had tingly face, but yeah. well, I've, I've had think, low sugar a lot. Yeah. I, I think in, in my case, it's because it's like induced by synthetic insulin. So mm-hmm. it's a little bit different and it's a little bit more intense. Right. Um, and as I get older, I get less sensitive to those symptoms. So uh, it's called um, hypoglycemia unawareness. Hmm. And now that I just turned 50, it's been many, many years now with this. You just, your nervous system, your, your um, you know, all of your senses kind of become dull to okay. the, the symptoms of a low blood sugar. And it doesn't hit me now until it's really low, sometimes in the 50s. So mm. all of a sudden, now I'm not, wow, and I'm not really, yeah, feeling all those things anymore until I'm confused and really sweaty and like, what's going on, you know, which right. is all the more important that I have the CGM, the Dexcom, right? because it yeah. will, you know, give you a little, because you get confused and you're like, what's happening? And yes. then all of a sudden you'll see, you know, a buzz on, on your, your Apple watch or your phone or something. And it'll say, you know, right. dropping fast, low blood sugar, and you know, right away to treat it. Otherwise I, I may end up in a seizure without that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Now, on the opposite end, when your sugar is too high... Which is often for me. Me too, because I like my sweets. Me too. Paul, you know that, right? Frank's bad. Frank... I any, think, any I think pe- it's an Italian thing, honestly. Any, any piece of crap all that comes in with sugar on it. Uh, donuts, bagels. <laughs> Very hard to Frank's pass right up. there. Yeah. He oh, beats yeah. me out, because I love the same crap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We fight for the last Dunkin' Donuts, man. Oh, yeah. But on yeah. that high spike, you get I get very tired. Yes, yes. Same thing, type um, 1? Lethargic, yeah. Lethargic, Especially yeah. as I get really, as, as if it goes really high, like above right. 300, um, I will certainly feel lethargic. And right. crave more sugar, believe it or mm, not. Yeah. When I'm low, the last thing I want to do is eat. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I have to do. And when I'm really high, all I want is more more sweets. It's the right. strangest thing. Um, it's just your body talking to you. It's kind of confused. It's mixed up because of what's right. happening, you know? Right, right. Now, with the, uh, with the pump, that's the uh, a liquid, of course. It's the synthetic insulin. Yeah, it's synthetic insulins. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what what was that whole big thing about that one company that uh, that jacked up the prices and stuff like yeah. that? What was that whole big thing? Fortunately, about? since then, it's been capped. Um, okay. The cost of insulin has been capped. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, I believe it was my company that the the brand that I use. There are quite a few brands out okay. there, but I use one of the most popular. And um, I don't really know the, the ins and outs of it, but I do know that um, the price of insulin, which is, mind you, it's, it's a medication, a drug that somebody with type 1 diabetes especially cannot live without. You will die a, a slow death over the course of maybe three to seven days if you Oof. have no insulin in your body. You know, your organs will just shut down. And to know that people couldn't afford their insulin and young people were... You know, kids in college were sort of rationing, taking lower doses, um, dying in their sleep Ah. because they couldn't afford another vial and they wanted to make it last until their next check or whatever. I mean, that was, for me, borderline criminal. And fortunately, it was addressed and now it's not as much of an issue. One good thing, too, I've been reading California is going to make their own insulin to control the price. That's what the, the governor said. That's that's I don't interesting. Know what they're going to do it, but they want to manufacture their own insulin. I'd like to know more do. about it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. That should be something that's generic too, right? It, it's there been around is, long. There uh, is a generic insulin that anyone can go to, from what I understand, Walmart pharmacy, yeah, yeah. and buy for like I don't know twenty to thirty dollars a vial. Yeah. The thing is, with type one, you really do um, fine tune your your insulin needs. Yeah. And in my case, Humalog is the one that I use. That's one of the higher end, and it goes into the pump, and it's a constant drip. So. It's very important that that's the one that I use. The one that you would get from Walmart, it might keep me alive, but I don't think I could necessarily put okay. it into my pump. I would okay. have to go back to the injections okay. and measure. Okay. You know, but yes, you can do that and, huh. and manage if you need to. It's yeah. funny. My girlfriend had a dog that had diabetes. Yeah. And mm. the cheapest place to get medication was Walmart. Walmart, They, yeah. they had a, a pet medi- diabetes medication. Maybe that's what it was. It could be, yeah. Yeah, yeah same yep. thing. Yeah. yeah, I mean, because animals with diabetes as well just need insulin, yeah. just like yeah. humans. Yeah. Matter of fact, before there was this synthetic, what they call human insulin, Humalog, yep. um, it, 
diabetics used insulin from cows and pigs. Okay. It was okay. it would actually say right. right on the label, pork yeah, insulin, yeah. beef okay. insulin. Okay. So being a vegan, I'm glad that I'm uh, out of that phase. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I just use synthetic insulin. <laughs> well, synthetic too, they can put they can patent it. Yeah. That's yeah. true. And yeah. so they have. <laughs> yeah, so they have. Yep, yep. So I got some uh, statistics here from the CDC. And yeah. actually, this number is actually lower than what I would think. It says estimated number of adults age 18 and older with diagnosed diabetes. And it says 26.8 million. Mm-hmm. That seems low to me. 26.8 million. And this is the type 1, type 2, or just diabetes overall in general? It says... Diagnosed diabetes, so I guess in general. Yeah. So what what do we figure? So, we always get into what's the total population in the United States? What's the, it, 340 million? 300 million, so what would that be about? So uh, 2%. Oh, I find that hard yeah. to believe. I find that hard to believe, too. Um, because you hear so much about how diabetes right. is sweeping the nation, especially Sweep, type 2. Cause, yeah, because of our crappy-ass uh, food. That's part of it. That's part of it. Type two. Fructose, type two. High fructose corn syrup. Yep. Yeah. That's really what did it back in what was that the sixties? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There was something about that, some kind of a show about that. I can't remember what it was, but it was very interesting. And um, it talked about how once they started to introduce high fructose corn syrup into foods, and it became more of a business thing. Yeah. Uh, all of these diseases became much more profound as far as cancer, diabetes, all of that stuff. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. I just saw so, some of that on the screen, too. Some of it's uh, race type. Some races, I saw Native Americans had a higher percentage. I think yes, African Americans as well. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah. yeah. Um, type weird, right? 1, well, let's, like I said, if you're talking about type 2, much of that also goes to their economic situation because they are eating cheap food Crap, processed yeah, food yeah, fast yeah, foods things yeah. like that whereas pe- people who you know are in higher uh uh economic status can afford fresh foods organic foods fruits vegetables you know things like that well here's here we go again this is type one specifically yeah it says approximately 1.84 million americans have type one diabetes i mean that's yeah that's low that's only uh, about, I think they estimate 4 or 5% of diabetes as a whole yeah. are type 1. Because it's, a, it's really a completely different animal. But look at the jump. It says by 2050, 5 million people are expected to be diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. So that means that they're expecting an increase. Over the course of the next, uh, the next 20 uh, years, 30 years. 30 years, yeah. Yeah, 30, yeah. Uh, yeah I, I would be curious to know what's behind that, that yeah, me expectation. Too. Um, yeah. Because, like I said, it's it's definitely only autoimmune related. Um, I mean, there are a few very rare cases where somebody has had maybe pancreatitis, and their pancreas shuts down for other reasons other shuts than down. autoimmune, okay. and then gotcha. they become a type one diabetic. But type one generally means autoimmune diabetes. So I would say if it's type two, it's getting worse because the kids don't do anything but sit around. And yeah, play on sedentary lifestyle. Type one though wouldn't make any difference for that. I would assume it doesn't make a difference. That's something that yeah, um, that I got. often have to kind of come head to head with when people say, you know, well, if you really exercise and eat right, you know, you could get rid of it, or you could, you yeah, know, but you can't. Yeah, no, you can't. no, I, no I've no, said no. things like, honestly, if that was the case, I, I, I might have a bike sewn to my butt. Uh, I mean, right. <laughs> to never have to deal with this again, all I have to do is exercise and eat right. I mean, right, right. I wish it was that simple. And but it's not, it's not that simple for type two either. It's not. It's no. definitely not. Um, people fr- who don't understand yeah, have Frank's a Frank's actually in good shape. I would have yes. never guessed he had type two. Exactly. Genetics. Yep. Genetics are a big part of it. Yeah. But I don't think genetics is really for type 1, though. They don't understand they don't autoimmune really. it could diseases. Be, it could be genetics, too. It, it could yeah, be. You I mean, a, you know. Faulty pancreas, yeah. Yeah, like my son Anthony has um, has an autoimmune disease as well. Not type 1, fortunately, but he has Hashimoto's thyroiditis. I know what that is. Which is also an autoimmune disease. Me too. You have that yeah, as well. I take medication so, also, yeah, your yeah. body actually mm. attacks the cells that the thyroid is. Like, same thing with the pancreas. The thyroid is producing Right. And it beats on it and beats on it, and the thyroid works so hard that it doesn't anymore. Yeah. And you have to, wow. you know, supplement those hormones. So it's the same exact concept. I do believe there's a genetic connection there, for you sure. You do. You do. To autoimmune diseases oh, in auto- general. Yeah, yeah, okay. okay so, gotcha, yeah, gotcha. I don't know about type 1. I mean, fortunately, there isn't, you know, any type 1 in 
before or after me as far as I could see. However, I have heard of um, perhaps like an uncle, my father's father's brother. So my father's uncle died young. Um, nobody knew what was wrong. He had a terrible infection. He had to have his foot amputated. Mm. He died in his 30s. So when I learned about that, I said, he probably was a type 1 diabetic, yeah. but it was a really long time ago. He might they, have, yeah. They weren't on top of that stuff. So, right, yeah. right. And they yeah. didn't have all this technology like they did No, today. no, absolutely. No. no, because like in my case, if I don't take my medicine, I'm not going to die right. right away. Right. But in your case, you don't. You don't, there's no insulin. Your body can't survive without it. You can't for survive long. without it. Yeah. For what long. did you say? How long? Uh, generally, they say like three to five days. Wow. Could be less, could be more, yeah. depending on the person. And I can't yeah. imagine how horrible that would be. Either. It's awful, I mean, yeah. I mean, you would go into what they call diabetic ketoacidosis, and your organs shut down. And it's, it's uh, fortunately, I've never had those episodes. Thank God. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. amazing that I haven't. Um, but um, it's, from what I understand, a horrible, horrible experience. Now, how does, how does your insurance company handle it? Are they good with, the, are they good with everything? Or some they insurance, give you problems? Well, or? some insurance companies are better than others. But right. fortunately, I do have coverage for everything I need. Just you know, There's like a higher deductible and then a certain percentage that you have to cover for your, you know, what they call medical something medical equipment or something okay. like that. Um, but I'm just grateful every day that we managed to afford it and uh, right, I have everything right. I need. Yeah. Now, how are they with the um, actual, do they allow you to stockpile a little bit? Or are oh, they no. Like, no, 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 huh? no, not at all. Um, what, if you're lucky, you'll get a doctor who might over prescribe a little bit. Okay. You know, like you need to change your site. Um, you know, let's say you have an issue and you need to change your site every two days instead of every three days for the pump. Um, sorry. Uh, that would, uh, re that would require them to offer you more okay. of what you need. But All they right. would screen, we had a whole thing about insurance companies yeah. and, uh, they would screen that, I'm assuming. And yeah. And you have to talk to a person. And sometimes they have not, a doctor even. Yeah. And they're not going to do it. And they're going to say, well, yeah. heck with you. Yeah. 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 Now, now, how often how often do you have to change your pump, or do you have to? In my case, it's generally about every seventy two hours. You have to, a new pump. Yeah. Well, because I use a cordless, a tubeless pump. Okay. Um, the pump itself that I had before was a, a normal pump with a tube, and what you would do is you would take out the disposable reservoir. The pump was a six thousand dollar little machine. Wow. You Yeesh. would set up a new reservoir, fill it up, put it in. Start programming the pump, do the insert of the site under the skin, and so you would keep your pump. But what I have is the Omnipod, which there is no tube. It's just a little plastic, you know, device that sticks on your skin. You push a button and it pokes you and it stays right under the skin and it follows according to its programming. So uh, either way, generally it's about three days between pump sites. And that's it. So it's a disposable. Uh, the one I have is disposable. Yeah, you disposable. just throw it away. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's well, yeah, not it's, good. It's sometimes it's stuff they throw away for the medical stuff. I just wonder if they can't rebuild that stuff again. Yeah, I, I often the, the waste. Think yeah. Of that, yeah. Well, even the containers you get pills in, mm -hmm. they just throw them out. You can't reuse those things. Those yeah. containers with the pills, I put them in my recycling. Hey, bin. you got to keep production going. But, it's, but still, yeah, you think that, you think the pharmacy could take them back? Clean yeah, because there's no damage. Right, to them that's or true. Yeah, yeah, that's true. No. Of, yeah. no, no, no. That's more work for them. They're not going to be yeah, bothered no. with that. Good for the environment, though. So but not that, good for them. That that's it. That's right. Like, yeah, and he's got a Dexcom it. too. I have um, the Dexcom on my left leg here, covered with a bandage, and I have the pod which is the larger one on my right leg here. So now he's the, underwater, so, so I'm assuming yeah. you can swim. Yeah, everything is waterproof. Is, um, waterproof, waterproof. Wow. Um, to a certain extent for okay. a certain amount of time, certain depth. Um, the one thing that I have is for some reason my skin will eventually, if it's wet for too long, it'll sort of start to reject and push away the equipment. Like, yeah. So, But, I mean, how much time would I be spending in the water anyway? It hasn't been that right, much of an right. issue well, for me. And, me and Frank, we go out once a year out to uh, San Francisco. You know, we surf the Mavericks <laughs> and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. So I don't know. What do you think? That it worked for uh, Frank I don't not? know, Frank. You'd yeah, have to give it a try. <laughs> You'd have to give it a try. So that's good. And then... It doesn't upset your skin at all? This, it, does. This it, does. it does. It actually does. And with type 1 diabetes, I, I guess with type 2 as well, but with type 1, I'm noticing the older I get, the more sensitive my skin is. And so I'll scar more easily. I'll get discoloration on my skin, which is another reason why I actually 
tend to put these devices up high where even my shorts would cover it. Okay. Um, okay. You know, or high up on my arms in the winter where the sleeves would cover it because it will leave long-term marks. And um, so there's know. no there's no prescribed part of your body where you have to attach this. Device. There it used to be, um, used to be that the companies would only cover any kind of warranty or malfunction if it was um, in the abdominal area. That's where that guy okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I believe for the most part that's changed, especially with Omnipod. I know um, they're pretty much okay with you putting it wherever it works. You know, mm. But it's also well, just good. a three-day device that gets thrown away. You know, right, whereas right. these other devices and the other pumps and stuff, it's a little different. So it's they're very, different. very expensive and yeah. So what's it like in the middle of the night when your alarms start going off? Uh, you know, strangely, I, I am a pretty deep sleeper. Maybe yeah. it, maybe it's because I'm either low or high, but I usually don't hear it. So okay. my husband, Dean, will have to nudge me after a few <laughs> times and I'll, oh, you know, I'll get up and I'll figure out what the problem is. And usually I can handle it on my own and go back to sleep. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Well, but good. it definitely sucks. Yeah. I just <laughs> saw, you know, on, on Facebook, I just saw on, um, one of the diabetes, type 1 diabetes groups, somebody had put, and I've seen it before as well, but this one was interesting. Somebody had put up a question, if you were cured tomorrow from your type 1 diabetes, never had to deal with any of it again, what's the first thing you would do? Oh, what and would you a do? lot of people in the, in the comments <laughs> put, um, I would have a good night's sleep, ah, stuff okay. like that. Yeah, a couple yeah. of people said I would thank God. Of course, that's the first course, thing they would do. But, would, um, yeah. but I actually thought about it. I think the first thing I would do is I would um, plan a vacation where I could pack stress-free, just throw some clothes in a bag, not have to worry about all my equipment and backup mm. insulin and all of that stuff, because that's one of the most stressful things for me about going anywhere, even overnight. And then take the vacation stress-free, swim as long as you want, hike as long as you want, right, not have to think right. about anything, have and actually rest without interruption. Like okay. that, to me, would be like a dream come true. Wow. Especially if it was forever. But See, even if I could get it for a, a few days, I'd be thrilled. Yeah, right? You know? <laughs> now... Have you worn this through like an airport and stuff like that? I have. I have a few times. No major issues. No um, major issues? No. A um, couple of times they they swabbed my hands. They said, you know, touch the devices and they swabbed my hands and stuff. But it was never really a big deal. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Thank goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because, you know, you go through that little device, you go through that, that x-ray machine there and they see all these things strapped to your body. Oh, and yeah. I'll be like, whoa. Yeah. And, and early on, it was kind of scary, a scary thought for me. But I learned yeah. pretty quickly that they're they're used to seeing all kinds of stuff. So. It was probably I would think it would be worse when you had the other device yes. with the tubes coming out. Yes. And everything. That one was more <laughs> a little bit more it dramatic. Looked, yeah. Looked more like it. Definitely. Uh, my concern was always more, will any of these scanners damage my devices? That's true. Too. Right. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. if you have a pump malfunction and it starts to perhaps like crank out insulin, it could kill you. So, yeah. you know, you really want to make sure that they're very careful in MRIs and stuff like that, too. So what is the backup on that? If there's a malfunction with your pump. Well, with this kind of pump, I would throw it away and I would have to monitor so carefully and keep on taking in sugar and carbohydrates mm. and keep myself alive. And, and then now, eventually it would probably, my sugar would see, probably go okay. drastically high. But, it, but it, it seems to me like the injection would be a lot less headaches. It, in many can, ways can, it you is. You can carry whatever you want with you. Yep. You don't have to worry about that. The only thing is when you sit down in a restaurant to eat, it's, yeah. it's kind of nice to just pull out a little device and push a couple buttons yeah. rather than go into the restroom, draw up a syringe, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, give yourself a shot, right. um, yep. test your finger with a blood prick at, at right. the table, under the table. Right, so right. this is yep. this is much nicer. But today people think you'd be hip doing that, man. Well, they, yeah. They think it was something <laughs> else. It wasn't insulin. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> <laughs> that girl knows how to party, man. Yeah, right. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> so when you were doing the... Uh, when you were doing the shots, that was three times a day, four times a day? For me, it was multiple times a day. Multiple? I had to take, um, in the morning, I had to take a, a long-term insulin that would create a basal effect for me throughout the day. And that tend to um, keep my blood sugars at bay and maybe spike midday a little bit and then come back down. But it was a, uh, I think that was a 10-hour. And then at night, I had to take it again for sleep. Then I would take a clear insulin, which was um, fast acting when I would eat or when I needed to correct. So okay. if I was high, I would take the clear. If I was eating something, I would take the clear. So sometimes it was before, you know, right after, right as I'd get up, I always had to take the cloudy. And then before and after meals, I would always have to check and maybe take. 
uh, and then again at night. It was a lot of a lot of shots. What's the difference between the cloudy and the clear? Cloudy is long-acting insulin. Okay. Do they mix something in there, or how does that? I'm really make not a sure. Okay. Um, the one I used, it was a very long time ago. It was called NPH, okay. and that one was uh, the one that was prescribed to me. Uh, there's another one now called Lantus that is not cloudy. I believe that's clear. And that is a long-acting insulin that um, has doesn't really have a spike. Okay. And so I think that works better in general. I know when I was um, taking my break from the pump for that short time a while back, I used it. And okay. uh, it, it was it was definitely interesting to uh, now, be in total control of every single injection like now, that. You could you could jump back and forth, right? You could like I could, uh, yeah. if you were going somewhere and you didn't have the the uh, the pump with you, you could bring. I could bring injections, bring needles, bring everything I need. I could. The thing is, the pump has been mastered by my doctor for the best oh, okay. possible control, and so you become very reliant on that, even emotionally. Okay. So it's a very stressful safety, thought. Safety blanket kind. Yes, of Yes, it's very stressful. The thought of go, you know, having to go off of it, but. That one time that I did it, um, I have to say, what happened was I had dropped my receiver, which is the little machine that tells the pump what to do, and I was without it for a few days because it was like the weekend, and then they had to send me a replacement, and I, I was enjoying that those days of just not using the pump, waiting for the receiver to come back. So, um, I, you know, I did have some highs and lows. Okay. Uh, but I was enjoying the freedom. They call freedom. it like okay. a pump vacation. You know? A pump vacation. Yeah. Um, and then after a week or two, I had a really, really bad low. Mm. And I was like, oh, this is... And I couldn't get it because of the Lantus. I think I might have taken like one unit too much of the long-acting Lantus. The long-acting keeps on working and keeps on working. And I couldn't get myself back up. And it was really an exhausting day. And then I was like, you know what? That receiver came in. I think I'm going to set myself back up <laughs> with the pump and, uh, you know... Wow, you're better than me. You're better than me, Tina, because you know what? I, I would like over-inject myself so I can have that many more donuts. Oh, I do that. <laughs> I do that. I'm yes, not better I, than you. Trust me. No, the, I mean, it's I... It's all the truth, Frank. I will eat sweets and I will watch my graph, my Dexcom graph, yeah. and it'll go up, up, up. And then I will, you know, give myself corrections and give myself corrections. and But at least as a type one, I can do that. Right. Whereas if I was type two and I ate sweets, you can't take more of your pills. You can't, no. what do you, you can walk around the block, drink lots of water, but you really can't control that. So no, you can't. I feel kind of lucky in that way, at least. Well, you you can, know? Hey, look at it in a positive way. I mean, that's great. It's true. Now, I don't that, know if I'd trade it. Now, does that graph automatically upload to your doctor? It does. So he's like, oh, look, Tina's being bad today. Yeah, no, actually she, if <laughs> she, I may say. Okay, okay. Um, uh, I just, she just logs into the Dexcom website when I see her every 90 days, and she goes over my graphs with me. Okay. And sometimes she'll tweak my basal, so I'm getting a little less at certain times of day. And she'll say, all right, let's, for your bolus, which is your immediate acting, um, you know, when you eat a certain amount of carbs, let's up your dose for that many. Or when right, you're correcting, right. let's lower your dose for that many. Things like that. I got you. But yeah, so she's not constantly watching. Although I kind of think it would be cool if she did, because she could like call me up and say, hey, 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 let's go back. What did you eat right then and yeah, there? what were you eating? I mean, if, talk about it being perfectly fine-tuned. That right? would be like cool. I'm yeah. surprised there isn't algorithms that pick it up. And like, Yeah, you know, there there probably could be. There probably could yeah, be. Yeah. Don't ever go on Google. Right. <laughs> Google will be sending you alarms all over the place. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> now you now you've you've talked to some pretty uh prominent doctors in this field haven't you uh well for a while i was actually going down to columbia university um they have a diabetes a type 1 diabetes juvenile diabetes um uh, research center there that was created by a dr berry named after his daughter naomi berry who had type 1 diabetes and it's the naomi Naomi Berry Diabetes Research Center at Columbia. And so I did have for uh, some time there the best of the best helping me. Um, mm -hmm. It was quite a haul. And after a while, it got down to basically doing just what my doctor does now, that my local doctor. So, you know, it was kind of like, you don't have to come out all this way. If, if things get crazy, you can always come back. But okay. um, I learned a lot from there. And uh, they actually isolated my celiac disease, which is another autoimmune ah, disease. So you got double bump. Yeah. Uh, most people with autoimmune diseases do. Really? Have more than one. Yeah. But um, Well, that would make sense because it's the body fighting itself. Exactly. You know, and it's, it's, it tends to happen. Yeah. So you have celiacs on top of? On top of type 1. 
So oh. celiac, the auto, the, the immune system uh, attacks your um, intestinal tract mm-hmm. when it senses uh, gluten is being digested. And in the antibodies going and trying to destroy the gluten, thinking it's a foreign substance, uh, it actually damages the villi inside of the um, intestinal tract, which uh, absorbs your food and your nutrients and creates terrible, you know, gastrointestinal issues. Right. Um, and so what was happening, the reason I went down to the uh, diabetes center at Columbia was because I was extremely fatigued. Um, I had a lot of weird uh, symptoms and I knew I was somewhat anemic for some time, but um, I was just having, there was no rhyme or reason as to my highs and lows. And a friend who's, who, whose young son went to the, the diabetes research center, she suggested that I look into it. So I went down and they did some some testing and the doctor actually said, you know, you, if you have celiac disease, which is, I think, like, I don't know, nine. No, what did she say? Five out of nine or something like that. Type ones will have celiac. Really? I didn't even know what it was. Um, she said, your body isn't absorbing your foods normally. So how can you even know how much to inject? Exactly. You know, and yeah. so it's, I thought for sure there's no way I could have celiac disease. I can eat whatever I want. I don't have any stomach problems. But um, it turned out it was it's what they call a silent celiac, where after I got off it a few months later, after I got off gluten, I did notice I felt a little better in some strange ways, but I wasn't suffering like some people with celiac. Some people have a bad, yeah. Yes, yeah, they have really bad problems. And I have to say, Tina is a trooper because she comes to a lot of our parties, and (laughs) and it's a glutton fest, and we have all kinds of gluten and all kinds of stuff, and Tina will come in with her little bag of stuff and be like... No, no, no. This is what I'm going to have. <laughs> you don't have much of a choice. So, um, you know, and you, you certainly don't want to um, burden the gracious host with all of your, your stuff either. So uh, well, I sometimes try, it's easier. I always to, forget. I'm, I'm sorry. I no, no. You've been great. You have been great. Yeah. Very thoughtful. But, you know, I try to just always have myself covered. Yeah. Well, you got to take care of yourself. Yeah. You always have to take care of yourself. That's true. You yeah, don't have right? much of a choice with this stuff. No, no, yeah. not at all. Now, you also have a, a pretty big support group, don't you? I do. I do. Tell Um, us a little bit about that. Well, on Facebook, um, I I came across a couple of things many years ago where um, I was able to connect with some people with type 1 diabetes. And it was the first time in my entire life that I was able to actually talk with people and compare notes and experiences and emotional, the the emotional side of it. And I found it really, really um, wonderful. So I thought to myself, I'm going to just start my own type 1 group. Um, especially type one only <laughs> because we're a rare breed of type diabetics. Yeah, obviously look at the numbers. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and so I started it and those couple of people that I had kind of connected with, I put them in there right away and little by little, it started growing and growing. Um, so I did find along the way, you know, every few thousand people that I would have as far as group members, I would find the one or two who were really active in the group and positive, And I would ask them if they might want to help me admin. Um, and eventually I got myself a separate group just of admins. Mm. And, um, you know, it's a private group where they can discuss, do we, do we keep this person or this person's being abusive or should we even post this one because it's controversial, you know, things like that. And, um, I sort of bowed out now, but it's over like 50,000 and I still, every once in a while, they might reach out to me if um if there's an issue that they all can't sort of come together on or something right, right. so i'm just basically considered the founder once in a while a member will reach out to me because they'll see me like my name in the pinned post but um generally i just kind of scroll around and and chat and things like that and, and what's the name of it on Facebook? it's just called type one diabetes support group and then in parentheses the one and only original the one and only original. Yeah. Well, because originally it was just type one diabetes support group. Okay. And then I noticed others popping up with the same name. So I put that in parentheses. Okay. <laughs> and yeah, we've got, um, we've got members from all over the world. It's nice. really fascinating. It's really, really a great place to go for everyday questions and real deep, serious stuff too. You well, know? that's great. Well, yeah. hopefully... This podcast, because what do we, Paul? We're in like 24 countries now, right? Yep, I that's think we're awesome. Like, well, hey, we're number one in Great Britain, or that's yeah, our right? main, main number country. Number one man. in Great yeah, Britain. Yeah, 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 we yeah. have more listeners in Great Britain than we do in America. How Come on, America. <laughs> Start listening to our stuff, man. Yeah. Wow. And, so, thank, and thank you, Great Britain. Yes, yeah, thank absolutely. you, Great Britain. Yeah, yeah. So if, cool. if you're type one 
across the world, I, uh, check out uh, that support group. Yeah, Type and 1 Diabetes Support group. group on Facebook. Yep. The original it's, one. It's, it's the type, one and only so, yeah, original. Type in one and only original. The original, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. And, um, and I've also got um, what my, my older son Guy suggested a few years back uh, was creating like an influencer name and having a YouTube channel, um, which I dabbled with. It didn't go really far, but the videos are up, and, and I think they're really informative and great. And okay. that's just called T1 Tina. T for type 1, T1 Tina, T-I-N-A. And, and that's on YouTube. That's on YouTube, and it's on Facebook. Facebook and it's on Instagram, but as I said, not not super active. Um, once in a while, I'll post something on Facebook in the T One Tina page, or share something, or you know, awesome. reach out if someone needs me to. Awesome. But, so yeah, you can uh, get a lot of uh, information from those videos as well. And my son Guy at that time was really beginning to take off with his filming business, and so he filmed mm-hmm. them and mm-hmm. edited mm-hmm. them. And uh, my husband Dean did some of the music for like the, of course the outro and intro and all of that. So it was cool. And, and her husband Dean does all the music for all of my uh, things. Here. Oh, he that's right. The, yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good I tell stuff. him he should try to sell you know sell his talent. Uh, there's a lot of people out there always looking for music for he's great stuff. at putting together those little bits I too i mean that was he just is. perfect what he did for mine it's so, real like heavy metal yeah. it's pretty cool <laughs> so what i'll do is on our facebook page frank and paul's bs time on our facebook page i'll put links to your cool yeah your things on there that sounds for people good to, to see yeah great That's can awesome. i ask you a question a couple of questions before we go away absolutely too. How do you know if you have diabetes to start with? How'd you find out? Everyone has their own um, uh, diagnosis story. We call it the DX story. And um, usually it begins, you know, if you're a little bit older, like I was in your teens, you, you become symptomatic, you become lethargic, really thirsty, a lot of urinating, um, I had blurred vision, just a lot of weird stuff. And I didn't know what was going on. And, you know, I went to like my local health center at the time because I was on my own and young. And I found this phenomenal doctor. I'll never forget her. And uh, so she did like a urine sample and a test and things like that. And she diagnosed me and gradually got me trained to do injections and stuff. But the crazy thing is when it's little children, babies, which it, it does commonly happen to babies, toddlers and, and such, um, people just think it's a flu. Um, they can't say, you know, mommy, my vision's blurry, mommy, I'm thirsty. All the, the parents can tell is, you know, that, um, they're very nauseous and throwing up and they can't eat, they can't hold anything down. Um, their temperatures are kind of wild. And so often, sadly, often children die because they bring them into the emergency room and they treat them for the flu. And if they had just immediately tested their blood sugar and given them an insulin IV, they would have saved their lives. I, but never, th- I never thought about yeah, that. Yeah, it's just, it's not a common thing. It's becoming more now with between the internet and awareness and things like that. It's becoming less uh, common to lose a child in that way. But it happens, you know. It's, you know, type 1 is not really well known, so. Right, right. Yeah. So, yeah, diagnosis can be very tricky at times. Type 2, maybe you you don't have the answers to this one. Um, you can control with diet, I'm assuming. Where do you find a, a menu or something like that that you can control yourself? There's a diabetic diet. Is that something? There or, is. Or there do is, you know other places to go for that? Well, there is. Uh, there are a lot of suggested diabetic diets, quote yeah, unquote. Yeah. Um, but I know that the best place for type 2 diabetes uh, guidance would probably be the American Diabetes Association, okay, the website. Okay. okay. Um, there's there's just a wealth of information online and suggestions and fitness options and diet options and all kinds of stuff for type two. Um, and how are they with type one? Uh, it's there, but again, we're like a sm- tiny percentage so of diabetes, so we have a tendency to go our own way and do our own research and have our own little. Um, there's one called um, Nick Jonas is uh, is the founder of it. It's there's an organization specifically for it. I want to say I can't remember what it was called, but I can I can find it and post it as T1 Tina, um, or yeah, maybe you can find it there. Um, it's uh, that is based specifically on juvenile diabetes. There's also JDRF, which is the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation, which they have, you know, they have a lot of sources as well. Um, but for a more hip and active sort of program, I know that one, um, the one uh, that Nick Jonas is involved in is really, really popular and a lot of kids refer to it as well. Is that one of the Jonas brothers? Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Nick Jonas. Yeah. He's a type one diabetic. And okay. Uh, I've always found it uh, fascinating to watch him in his uh, his acting and his performing on stage and stuff. I've knowing that he's the type one out of out of the group, 
I always feel like you can you can just sort of sense that something weighs a little more on him than all the other guys, you mm. know. Um, and he's really a trooper, and he really puts himself out there for young people. And Brett Michaels is another one okay. um, from Brett Poison. Michaels, I know. Brett yeah. Michaels has a whole bunch of issues, but I know... Type know, 1 diabetes was one of, yeah. one of the first and foremost, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah started yeah. really young for yeah. him. So um, he's really good about awareness as well. Um, yeah, it's not JDRF. You're looking for it now? Yeah. What's it, a foundation? Or yeah, foundation. It's on the tip of my tongue. There, yeah. Let's see what comes up. Beyond type one, that's it. There you go. Beyond type one. So that one is, yeah, specifically for it. And you'll see a lot of other famous faces and stories about influential people who have who have fought with type one diabetes their entire lives. Now, aren't there some companies out there that claim that they, they have, I think in the UK actually, that are claiming that they have a cure for type one diabetes? Um. I read something recently about some sort of a treatment that was successful, um, but I don't remember the details of it. You know, I kind of try not to get my head too filled up with information if right. it's not going to be something I can access you, right, right away. Um, but yes, it was definitely, um, it was an effective treatment for uh, patients with type 1 diabetes that they were no longer dealing with it after. Some kind of an... I don't. Maybe, I don't want to speculate. Or something like it wasn't that, or an they implant. Didn't, they, they, they had. They did have over the years many attempts at change. You know, like uh, transplanting the pancreas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, that's tricky because then you've got the rest of your life with the um, the drugs, the anti rejection drugs, mm. and it's sometimes more difficult than just dealing with your medication. Your disease. Normal medications. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I, that would be great if they could find something. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully someday. Someday they will, yeah. I mean, with all this technology. Well, then again, you know, look how long cancer has been around. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Maybe there is a cure. We could start going in that direction, oh, too, Oh, that's right? another rabbit Maybe hole. there is that's a cure. That's for the conspiracy zone. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> but the treatment for cancer is a lot better than uh, it had been before. Well, they make a lot of money treating cancer, yeah. and they make a lot of money off type 1 diabetes yeah. treatment. So yeah. yeah, without a doubt. It's a thought. Yeah, for type right. 2, they make yeah. a ton of money off yeah. of it. I would yeah. think oh, type sure. 2. Every, yeah, because it's just so popular. Selling drugs, man, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. I know I'm on a bunch of drugs and I hate it. I would rather, like I said, I, I would probably uh, be okay if my doctor said to me, oh, we're going to put you on the insulin. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing is, if, if it should come to that, that's another entire roller coaster that you'll be having to deal with. Oh, um, well, it's a roller coaster now, but yeah, yeah I, I can understand because yeah. that's a lot stronger. Yeah. And it's, it's a little tricky. Um, fortunately, you have a nurse in the house, so... She could probably, you know, yeah, help you regulate she that. She might be okay if I don't come out. <laughs> I don't know what happened to him. Yeah, well, the crazy thing is just a little too much insulin can right, put right, an end to right. you. So be careful. Yeah, so because she's a nurse. <laughs> doesn't mean she doesn't know a lot about life insurance policies. That's right. That's right. <laughs> she might be, you know. Maybe I can ask her. Maybe I can get in some of that, too. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I don't know. My my life insurance is actually pretty low. Okay. <laughs> that you know about. That I know about. There you exactly. go. Well, yeah, yeah, as yeah. a type 1 diabetic, there's another topic. It's really hard to get life insurance. Get life insurance. insurance. Oh, oh, yeah. So that, yeah. That's I mean, a, they'll, that they'll give it to you, but it's like astronomical amount per month oh. for a full, you know, it's, it's full not, It's uh, not worth doing insurance. it. Insurance, yeah. 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 What happens if you don't tell them? They well, won't. They won't pay off if they. They can prove won't you if they can before. prove it, especially yeah. if you die from diabetes-related. Yeah, right? You know, yeah, problems. Yeah, yeah. So. Oh yeah, I just got it last week. I didn't know about it when I signed up. Yeah, yeah. So, so now, let me ask you this: about when you were saying other problems with the diabetes, I know, like my doctor is always saying, well, type two diabetes, you have, you're more prone to heart attacks, your kidney, this, that, mm -hmm. this, this, that, this, this, that, this, that. Yeah. What do they say about type 1? Most of the long-term um, problems are, are the same. Same? Um, yeah, because basically it's your body is suffering from blood sugar levels that are too high and too low. 
But um, it, it almost seems to me that type 1 is regulated a little better than type 2. It, it isn't. Um, no? No. I mean, there are some people who have a great, what they call the A1C, which is their average over the course of 90 days of their blood sugars. There are some people who have great A1Cs, and they still wind up with retinal bleeds and mm. they get that blindness and amputations and infections. So it really depends on the body. Like I said before, I've been so lucky because I'm not tightly, tightly controlled. Um, I do my best, but you know, like I said, I'll eat something sweet and let my blood sugar go a little crazy. And, um, I've never, ever had, I mean, I haven't had any issues with my, my feet, my eyes. I just recently went and saw my ophthalmologist and he was like, every time I check your eyes, I can't believe it. There is no nice. sign of diabetes. Oh, that's great. That's I'm great. grateful. I'm very grateful. Good. Yeah. yeah. But, um, generally it's, it's the same, you know, it's, it's just a matter of the person's body. Okay. I really yeah. feel bad for diabetics that I'm friends with online and in, in my group when, you know, they put up stuff, pray for me, I'm in the hospital with mm. DKA and here they've been what seemed to be healthier than I've been for the time, the time I've been right. connected with them online. And, you know, they might be a little younger and they might be, you know, a little more active and it's like, how does this happen? You know, but the, type one can be a bit of a mystery in some cases like that. Now for people who don't know what an A1C is, that's a, uh, it's a, it's a blood test that they do that gives them a three month average yep, three of your blood average. sugar. Yeah. And mine usually, I don't know if you want to give up your number, Tina, but my number is usually around eight. Eight is a little high. It's a, kind of typical for the stage you're at and with the type two. Yeah. Um, my goal has always been to get below a seven mm-hmm. um, because that's really in like the really good, good area good. to be as a type one. Um, but the boy, lowest, Frank. yeah, the <laughs> lowest I've ever been is a, is a seven. And lately I've been high. I've been above nine. So really? Yeah. And I, but I've been well. I've just, for some reason, I've been having a lot of highs when I sleep and we can't seem to figure it out why. And so, you know, I used to get really stressed out and upset about it, but now it's like, I do what I can do. I do my best. Your your body does what it's got to do. Yeah. And my doctor has been, he wants me at a six. I've never, ever, ever achieved that number. No. The highest I've been is 13. Yeah. It goes up there. It goes up there. I know that's like, there are um, type ones when they go into DKA or when they're first diagnosed. Uh, their stories say that they're like up in the teens and it's just like, I couldn't imagine. I mean, I really couldn't imagine. I think the highest I've ever been was like 10. 10. Yeah. yeah. I was 13. Yeah. And I run around eight in the dark and the medicine just does not get me below eight. Yeah. And they haven't thought about upping your dose or anything like that. You or... fart around with more medicines than anything else. Yeah. And I hate it. I'm like, listen, yeah. you keep pumping me up with all these medicines. Yeah. You know, and oh, the risks outweigh the benefits outweighs the risk. I hate that. I hate that statement from yeah, the doctors. I know. So you're admitting that there, there could be risks. Yeah. They all have exactly. risks. You know what I mean? Well, I would have taken that as the risk of not taking the medicine. Well, no, they tell me that the risk, the benefits outweigh the risks of the medicines. Okay, gotcha. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, one medicine I was on, they had to check my liver function every three yeah. months. And I'm like, oh, well, wait a second here. That's not good. I'm like, wait a second. If, it's, that, if it's at risk to that yeah. extent, that's I'm not like, good. I'm like, I want my liver to function properly because I don't want to get cancer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, a, a little bit higher sugar, mm-hmm. cancer. Mm-hmm. Which do I want here? Yeah. What risk are you talking about here that yeah. outweighs the other one? You know, they get so fo- you know pinpoint focused on treating the diabetes and preventing the long-term effects against the heart and the eyes and, you know, this right. and that, that they tend to lose that vision of what about all the other things that could happen right. to me? You know what I mean? Like, especially if right. it's not really working, this medication. Exactly. You know? Oh, then, yeah. then it's just easy as flipping. Oh, I'll try this one. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, it's easy for them. I had one endocrinologist. I don't know about you, but it was just a constant flipping of the medicines. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, wait a second. Really here. frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. What am I, a guinea pig? Yeah. It makes <laughs> you wonder, right? Yeah. It's you know? the practice of medicine. The practice. practice. That's yes. right. They are practicing yes. on us. Yep. Yes. They're practicing yeah, on yeah. us. All right. I yeah. would rather inject myself and eat my donut. <laughs> did you ever, did either of you ever watch um, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? I've I, seen I've it. I've seen it. Yeah, did you see the, the episode <laughs> where the one, I don't remember the character's names, but he was like sitting there and he was dying. Diagnosed a diabetic, and he was just sitting there, like injecting himself and like eating and eating and injecting himself. <laughs> no, oh, this I is didn't. great! I could just keep eating. 
<laughs> no, I didn't see that. But, you know, but I should say that um, one of the common th- common uh, phenomenons when you go from multiple daily injections to a pump is weight gain because it's that easy. And that happened to me oh, really? back in, yeah. uh, I think I started on the pump in like 2000. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did, I just, I remember, well, I mean, I can have a little candy, beep, 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 you know, uh-huh. uh, you know, or I can, I can eat a little more pasta. And, you know, whereas before it was like, well, if I, if I stop here, then I don't have to worry about later correcting. Now it's so easy just to correct it or take a little more. Or, right, right. Um, so you can get into that easily. Yes, easily. Funny, funny thing. Frank, yeah. you should take your test right now because you haven't been in the office more than a week. Uh, you haven't been eating a lot of crap here. I hope it's home. Right. Well, so I you... just went to my doctor Thursday. Oh, right. So you might turn my out pretty A1C good on your score. My A1C might be pretty low. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what, you, don't, you don't have the results yet from the most recent visit? For, for the A1C? A1C, no. No, no. Most recent. Maybe it's lower. Because three weeks ago I had COVID. Yeah. So you've probably I, been I eating a lot eat. less. Yep. Yeah. But, but I did notice sometimes with diabetes, even if you don't eat, your sugar's high. Yes, okay. absolutely. Because huh. I think it has something to do with the liver, right? Because the liver keeps producing sugar. The liver, the liver will release uh, another hormone. I forget exactly what it's called, um, but it's similar, if not the same, as glucagon, which is um, will it'll elevate your blood sugar. Which is stupid, right? It is. It's stupid. like it's like stupid liver stop. It happens um, to me if I work out. And I work out, if I just cross a certain threshold, my blood sugar will go low, low, low. And I have to be very careful. I have to go into a workout a little high because I don't want to crash, you know. Yeah, yeah, and then right. it's so frustrating. It's like I just worked out. I burned 100 calories and I have to eat 300. Too. Yeah, yeah. So I have to be careful with that. But then if I really get going and I just cross a certain threshold, all of a sudden it starts going up. I mean way up. And that's that really? whole thing with the liver secreting, whatever it is that causes that. It's almost right. like a you know, um, in a way to, to rescue you. It's trying to right. save Body you. Stress. Like a defense yeah, it's, mechanism. It's trying to give you more energy yeah. through sugar or whatever yeah. it's doing. And it's, yeah. it's causing more harm. Yeah, it does. It's crazy. Yeah. So then they just give you more medicine. Here, let's get yep. this. Here, take this. <laughs> yeah. Metformin. Metformin. <laughs> yeah, lots of metformin. Yeah. Yeah, okay, no, thanks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, thank God that they have all this technology. Yeah, I'm, I'm grateful for that. I mean, yeah. I hear stories about... Years ago, I mean, I'm trying to remember what year it was, like sometime in the early 1900s when Dr. Banting uh, actually, you know, um, discovered the use of insulin and treated children and saved their lives and stuff. And um, these, what they would do is they would just starve children. It was the Mm. only way they could keep them alive. So they would starve them and they would get so skinny and frail and they would still eventually die. You know, their blood sugars would still go high, you know, from stress and starvation and they would start to lose their sight. And it was just a terrible slow death. So, you know, if I have to have it, at least I have it at a time when it's something you can work with. That's workable. Yeah. 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 Grateful for that for sure. Get rid of that high fructose corn syrup. Yeah. It's in everything. It is in everything. Literally everything. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. it's cheap to produce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes a lot of money for them. Oh my goodness! <laughs> That's what it's all about—the money. So hey, you know, this has been a really a uh, happy, happy-go-lucky talk. <laughs> well, it's about a disease. I mean, yeah, it's not like it's going to be right, right? Right? Yeah. And you, you, you've been blessed with two diseases. Yeah, lucky only me. one. Yeah. I mean, come yeah. on. Crazy. Hey, there are people who have it a lot worse. So, well, I, yeah, I, you know, always I always have that. to keep that in check. Yeah. It's easy to feel sorry for yourself, but it is easy to feel. And why not feel sorry for yourself? It's yourself. Well, once in a while, but you know, you also got sometimes you got to snap out of it. And yeah, you realize do. there are people out there with. And I eat a donut. And yeah, happy. and then you feel better, right? Eat a donut, feel better. <laughs> Paul Frank's lying just to one. That's BS. <laughs> this is BS time. Two or three, yeah, two or yeah, three donuts. Yeah, I love those damn donuts. <laughs> <laughs> that's great well wait a second the people that work are enablers there you go that's true they're trying yeah. to help they want to get you to get rid of the fr- faster frank maybe that's i don't it. know yeah <laughs> they're pushing me out in retirement yeah there you go well this was definitely a great topic are we, are we uh, yeah. we're good here yeah good. thanks for having yeah. me no, it's good. Oh, a lot of great news news yeah. out of this that people will get yeah, i don't think a lot of from. people realize type 1 diabetes yeah you know if it doesn't affect you personally or somebody yeah, close to you, you it's know. not so interesting yeah you know, um, so I think that's why there's it, the information doesn't spread fast, right? Because it's such a rare part of diabetes, you know. Right. Well, but um, anyone who uh, who gives it a listen, uh, you know, there's a lot to learn for sure. And go on those support groups. That's yeah. wonderful. And yeah. th- thank you for for creating support groups. Hey, it was originally for myself, but it's wonderful to see even the parents of children with diabetes on there talking to people who. 
who are now 30 years old, who, who were diagnosed when they were three. And you know what I mean? It's, it's really, it's, it's wonderful to see. And what see. was the name of that again? Type 1 Diabetes Support Group, the one and only original. On Facebook. On Facebook, yep. That's awesome. And then your YouTube channel was? T1 Tina. T1 Tina. That's me. That's awesome. Thanks. And I'll put those links on our Facebook page. So I hope everybody uh, that's out there that has type 1 can uh, join some sort of a, a group. Yeah. You know, and it, get support. It's out and there. And if you're not sure, go get your physical, man. Check yeah. it out. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if you feel strange, you know, uh, symptomatic in any symptomatic way, symptomatic in any way, and uh, like when your sugar drops, you'll know. Yeah, you get very, very warm. You get confused. You get jittery. Yeah, almost like a. It's almost like a panic attack. Yeah, almost. it is more physical than emotional, yeah. but it really is. Yeah. yeah. I think that happened last week, Frank. Didn't I give you a hundred dollars cash, and you <laughs> promised you were going to pay it back today? Did you forget? Were you? A, he you forgot. He had a panic attack. <laughs> I forgot. I didn't really want it here. I need juice. Give my juice. <laughs> well, great. Thank you so much, Tina. Thank you thank for you. having me. It was great. Oh, yeah, thank I, thank I have, you, Tina. That was super. Thank thanks, you. I have Paul. a feeling you're going to be on future podcasts. I'd love to. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm really uh, sad that you didn't get to join us on the Roe versus Wade one. Yeah, me too. I would have. I would have had uh, a lot to say about that. That's that's one we can hit. There's a couple things we can hit again. Frank. Yeah, we can revisit just, a lot. Yeah, of, yeah. He maybe pick a few yeah. topics and yeah. uh, have another chat about yeah. them in one. Yeah, one yeah. a lot of crafts been going on. A lot of things. Yeah. since yeah. we talked about them. Even yeah. the Roe versus Wade. Mm -hmm. Even Johnny Hepp and Johnny Depp and her and her heard, yeah. That's yeah. continuing, okay. Uh -huh. Oh my god, it's like a never ending story know, with those two. Yeah, hey, team Johnny, team Amber. There you go. You know, you gotta decide. There you go. Pick a side. Jack Sparrow. There yeah, you hey. Go. There you go. <laughs> There's no choosing, right? It's Jack Sparrow. <laughs> Jack Sparrow. She doesn't have a chance. No. Nope. He's like one of my favorite characters. Yeah. No, I mean, what's not to love about Johnny Depp? I know. He's, he's just great. a great, great actor, he great is. guy. And he yeah. acted great in court, too. So He did. He handled it well. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, everybody, for listening. This was a great podcast, and we were so happy that we had our friend Tina with us. And uh, check out support groups if you have type 1 diabetes. And um, take care of yourself. And like I always say, uh, what do I say, Paul? If... Uh, uh, oh, Jesus. I, I know remember. if it's a nap, it's crap. If it's a nap, it's crap. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Don't, don't believe everything that you read and only half of what you hear. There you go. Yep. And if it's a nap, it's crap. And my it my dad used to say, don't believe anything you hear. Don't believe anything you hear and only half of what you, you see. see. Exactly. You see. Yeah. Exactly. yeah you got to question your own sanity once that's in a right. while. That's true. The truth is out there somewhere. Yeah. It's like yeah. the X-Files. Yeah, So somewhere. go find it and take care of yourself. Don't eat those donuts. <laughs> I, should, yeah, I should pay attention. Yeah, look who's talking. Yeah. I should pay attention to my own words. <laughs> Great. Thank you so much, Paul. Thank you so much, Tina. Thank, and you, thank you, everybody out there for listening. And we'll see you hopefully next week. Yeah. Take yeah, care. Have a good one next week. Take care, guys. Take care.